Quinn Nordine, kicker for Michigan, uh, famous for having a sleepover with Coach Jim Harbaugh a few years back. I don't know if you recall this during recruiting. Um, Coach, oh, Coach, H, Coach H slept over at the crib, um, ate some of Mama Nordine's pancakes, etc., etc. Ostensibly, one might say. <laughs> what we do here is go back, 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 back. All right, welcome back to the We Were Out podcast, everybody. This is mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers. Talk about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet, www.thewheelroute.com. We're at the Wheel Route on Twitter. Wheelroute podcast at gmail.com is the email address. And you can get the show from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podcast Center Zone, Stitcher, etc., etc. Google us. We're out there. Um, my name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at on the dawn. Coming to you guys from sunny South Florida, uh, where um, finally stopped raining for a little bit. It's been it's been lovely today. Got some vehicle cleaning done in the in the driveway. Cut the grass. We're really rounding into form here, guys. Things are things are really taking shape around here. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I am still in the friendly city of Virginia. That's Harrisonburg. Um, I'm also on Twitter.com at Shank Jordan. Uh, spent. Most of the weekend uh, in our Commonwealth's capital of Richmond, uh, yes. did a little little family <clears throat> Thanksgiving celebration of head of t- ahead of time. Uh, played some golf on Friday, uh, which I can delve into later if we're so inclined. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, had had some great weather. Had had great company. You know, five star reviews all around. Love to hear it. All you can ask, really. Who's that? Oh, sorry. I didn't realize you were done. Uh, My name is Jason Kreck. I am also in our friendliest city of Harrisonburg. Um, Yeah, it's been... uh, The weather's been good, I think, this weekend. Um, (laughs) I know know people are interested, but it's, it's warmed up a little bit. It's... Very clearly still, you know, late fall. Um, you know, can't complain about that, but no longer frigid cutting winds, just kind mm. of kind of brisk, which, you know, it's time. I understand. Right. Right. Tis tis the season. Again, I'll say it again. I it's had... supposed to be it's supposed to be a mild and dry uh, winter, is what I've heard okay with that. across the US. I uh Yeah, I did I didn't do much this weekend except have a mildly disastrous trip to Martins just now. So <laughs> That's do you, you want to break it down for us? Is everything okay, or was it just stressful? Holiday shopping going on. Well, the Sunday hours, Sunday afternoon crowd can be a little dicey. We all know this. So I mean, so that's the thing. It's <laughs> is I you know I try to I do grocery grocery tips Sunday night pretty often nowadays because that's nobody is there. Wow. Um, you can like forty five minutes before closing. Not not a soul in the place. It's wonderful. Interesting. Um, so you know I went. To, I hadn't been in the grocery store in a while. I got a big week coming up. Needed some stuff. Um, Going to be making green bean casserole for for Ma and Pa Crick this week. We so grabbing some crispy onion straws, which you think you'd think would be fairly straightforward, but I it took me and two Martin's employees 
about 25 minutes to find the freaking crispy onions trials. Wait, can we guess which aisle they were in? Can we guess? You can, but uh, yes, go ahead. Okay. Logan, do you anyway, want to go first or do you want to No, finish? you go you go oh, first, Jordan. Okay. You're a minute you're a minute night. <laughs> yeah. Well I don't I'm, know what I'm, that means. I'm not sure how much that's gonna help me. I'm we got a ra- gonna, we got a radar for these things. I'm gonna guess either So I'm I'm gonna take two guesses. And I know that's a little a little crafty of me, but I'll I'll take two guesses. I'm gonna guess either the canned vegetables aisle or the uh, like baking and seasonings and spices aisle. Hmm. Reasonable. I'm going to guess the salad dressing aisle because I think it's treated like a crouton. That's my guess. Uh, Jordan's guesses were very good and the closest. I believe those were the two aisles I was directed to first. Ah. The reason it took 25 minutes was because they had re located all of the crispy onion straws to an end setup. Oh, to a display. Uh, yeah. To classic, a display. And none of, none of us, exactly. It, I get it. <laughs> it makes sense, but none of us knew it. So we're just like yeah. combing the aisles. And like, there's only like two brands of crispy onion straws. Like it's like French's and generic and that's it. So it's really only like two square foot of space on the aisle. Right. Well, and depending so, on how you, you're snaking through the aisle, you can completely miss that. End right. Display. Exactly. So yeah, we took true. we took three or four trips up and down both of the aisles you you mentioned Jordan because that's where they they you know at last check I that's where they were yeah and um, we figured we'd just miss them because they're you know it's on a you know seventy five foot aisle it comprises a foot and a half of actual space mm-hmm. right um, and yeah we we looked forever and I you know if you're not gonna have crispy onion straws you shouldn't be making. So can I can I ask a can I ask a question? They're actually called onion straws. I thought they were called onion something else. Yeah, he's got the container right there. <laughs> all right, fair enough. This just says crispy fried onions. Okay, all right. Because okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you could use, I mean, can you, you could, show us you could the use a... again? Because I think I saw a baked potato pictured. Hmm. Or is, burger. It, is that a burger? Uh, it looks to be it looks to be a burger in the background, mashed potatoes, and a salad in the foreground. Okay, interesting. <laughs> Just cover my salad and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what this salad was Let's missing? Fried food. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I but they're generally what I would consider fried onion straw. Like, isn't that what an onion straw is? Am I losing my mind? Am I conflating two things? Well, when I hear straw, I just think like the utensil. Long, yes, I guess. I, yeah, you're right. I think long and tubular. When I hear straw, oh, and like so, I would, I, I would I would equate that more to a funyun. <laughs> <laughs> That's what our salads are missing. Is yeah, they're, I mean they're little tiny, these little tiny things. This is what I've always called onion straw. Okay. Are, is does that pop up in the dialect test that that we referenced in a previous episode? <laughs> no. Yeah, I bet it, map, I wonder if you could pinpoint pinpoint me to Rockingham County. Yeah. What do you call these? I like to call them funyuns. Funyuns. Onions. Orphaned funyun pieces. I mean, I honestly think you can make them with funyuns. I mean, Jason, you should do you should do like a little corner of it with funyuns just as a test to see if it's just I, I'm actually serious to see if it's demonstrably different. You go you can buy a bag of funyuns. It will also be on an end section, mind you. <laughs> Obviously. Right right in front of the uh, registers, probably. Where mm-hmm. they have like all the like like 
four for a dollar bag of like uh, right. chips. One of them here's all the here's all the chips that don't go in the main chips aisle because nobody right. buys them. Yeah. Yeah, hers, like all the kind of like the pure strange... impulse purchases. Yep. Like, oh, damn, yeah. I forgot chips. Well, here's a bag. Yeah. The, oh, the, that, the North Carolina already discontinued ups. the already discontinued Doritos flavor that nobody bought. They're just trying to clear their shelves. Yeah. So, side note, I did the other day do that. I succumbed to an impulse potato chip purchase because I saw there was at the 7-Eleven I was at, you know, that brand Kettle, the Kettle Chips. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, they got like the salt and pepper. They got the the pepperoncini ones are really good. They have a really good jalapeno. They got a good backyard barbecue, I think. Anyhow, um, I'm a connoisseur, as you know, but they had uh, Korean barbecue and they were oh. fantastic. They were oh, really I'm good. Purple, purple bag, purple bag. I so, mean, listen, my my chips hot take is that original flavor is the best potato chip, but I also would enjoy trying a Korean barbecue flavored chip. Yeah. What do you what do you mean the best flavor? That's not a flavor. That's just a that's a in my mind that's a different thing. I think I, I divide them into different things, Jason. I have potato chips like ruffles and lays that you use primarily for dipping dips into your mouth. And then I also have flavored potato chips that don't necessitate dip, but have their own flavors going. Because I think that I think you're pro like I, I, I think there's too much conversation about this already, but I, I just think that <laughs> Yeah, I, the spirit I, of Thanksgiving. Let's like, yeah. let's really no. I'm just culinary that's things. because I just think like it's easy. Well, it's like oh, I mean, I like original potato chips. Like that's fine, but I think original potato chips are more of a tool, uh, and I think so. Therefore, I think they're their own thing. Whereas I think a flavored potato chip is its own item because you don't. It's not a tool. All right, I can kind of see that. I mean, I don't. I I will take a an original flavored potato chip without dip over a flavored potato chip without dip. So I don't go 100% tool like you're saying, but I understand the, <laughs> the logic process. Yeah, okay. that's fair. Jason, do you, I mean, Jordan, do you have any any follow-up thoughts on the chips? I mean, are you a big chip guy? Uh, in, in a past life, I certainly was. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gee, slogan, Christ. <laughs> I, uh, no, big big fan in college especially of like the uh the sweet chili sweet and spicy chili doritos that are in the purple bag oh yes those in the in the (laughs) bottom of the castle in old dorms so you could use your plus dollars on those the the booty castle yeah those those are phenomenal the uh the utz carolina barbecue chips that you previously mentioned phenomenal as well the Um, crab ones are good too i think the crab utz are good I, I like I, to grab one. I Martin's think, barbecue always a champion. Yeah, Martin's barbecue. The crab ones are just more interesting to me. They're not necessarily like purely enjoyable. They're very salty. They're, yeah. they're aggressive. Yeah, but yeah, they do. La- the bag lasts longer because it's harder to just mow through them because of <laughs> the salt level. It's such an aggressive sodium shield. <laughs> yeah, it just shuts you down after like. Eight. <laughs> That's like reminds me if I ate like a bag of the light blue bag of Carolina barbecue Uts and like a, a Mountain Dew Slurpee, that would just taste like Newmarket, Virginia after a hard day's work yeah. at that little that little 7-Eleven right by 81 right there. Yeah. Oh, man, there's the so there's those. And then I would say, I guess my other on the Mount Rushmore of chips would be uh, the I think it's Uts as well, but the kettle cooked salt and vinegar yeah. ones. Okay. So it's not just like the paper thin, it's a little thicker and they use like a malt vinegar 
instead oh, of just like Oh, and they they use a russet potato too, a darker potato, right? Yeah, it's it's in like that kind of matte finish black bag with the yes. black top. You, yes. Yeah, Logan does the one. I've had these. These yeah. those are good. Those are very nice. The malt the malt vinegar is a nice little switch. Yeah. We ended up with several malt vinegars from Five Guys at the Cube at various points. <laughs> Don't know how they got there. They just no, have no idea just... how they how they got there. So, Jason, you are you anti? Are you like out on flavored chips in general, other than Martin's Barbecue? No, I'll try them. Like I, I like a. But you wouldn't uh, like if you were if you were sent to go buy a bag of chips. You would hone in on the non-flavored versions. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now okay. it's not okay. all non-flavored. Like like the the flimsy little lays, like that, like disintegrate if you breathe on them wrong and that stuff. Like no, that's trash. But like a good like Ruffles is solid, and um, like a good a good kettle like uh, Grandma Ox's kettle cooked is outstanding. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, a, a good a good original flavor kettle cooked chip is the champion. The, the corrugations, the corrugation. I think Ruffles are underrated. Honestly, I agree. As a, and uh, the ruffles are really good with my uh, with uh, Papa Papa Whitehouse may he rest in peace uh, Lowell's um, clam dip. Yep. Wow. Let me tell the, you something. The ruffles, brother. sour cream, and onion too, because you got the, oh. you got the waves going on for for more flavor yeah. surface area. They have a uh, sour cream and cheddar too, right? Or is that ridges? Oh, that that might also. I don't know. I can I can get on board with sour cream and onion. Um, my you know. Listen, my thoughts on salt and vinegar are well documented. You're um, not a big fan of that flavor profile, right? Really, just vinegar in general, well documented. Not, it's a, it's not a very for me. Polarizing. It's hit or miss. Not for everyone. Yeah. Not on like um, How do you feel about cilantro? You 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 FW cilantro? I do, I do FW cilantro. I, okay. I'm not a I'm not a cilantro soap person. Thank goodness. Um, yeah, that's good. T's and P's to those who are. I understand <laughs> it's not their fault. Um, Missing out. I've also. Uh, a friend got me started on uh, Lay's has these new things, poppables. Oh, they're, they're like um, they're the hollow like things, like jet puffed. Yes, yeah, the, yes. the like honeycombed hollow things. Uh huh. Those are addictive good. beyond all like reason. The problem though is you pick up the bag and the bag is so light and you just yeah. wolf them because it. The, I mean, it's seriously like if a normal chip bag is sixty percent air, those things are ninety percent. Yeah. Air. No, it's no, it's, a, it's they're a, very it's a the, massive. It's a it's, massive lay racket because they're clearly yeah. just profiting way more, but. Man, they're right. good. It's very redeeming. I'm, I'd be interested in the science behind how they extrude the potato to make that shape. But yeah. um, <laughs> they, but it's like it is nice because it's like less potato, more yeah. flavor. Maybe mm -hmm. I don't know. Not a whole lot of redemption on the crunch though. Like they dissolve fast as soon as oh, you yeah. get moisture yeah. on them, they go away. You, you know, sometimes you out sometimes I'm super. This is a super gross admission, but sometimes I'll do the thing. Like sometimes you keep an M and M in your mouth and you wear oh, it yeah. down to just the chocolate. Sometimes uh -huh. I'll do that with a poppable, and it becomes just like potato, <laughs> oh, yeah. like oh, potato, fried potato mush. It's horrifying, but it's so good. Well, no, I mean, don't don't hide from who you are, Jason. I mean, I think we all have like you get a you get a really good Dorito that's like caked on one side. You're like, oh, I'm going in on that bad boy. You know? <laughs> I'm gonna savor this. No, I've never <laughs> sprinkled Doritos dust on other things. That's crazy. Well, I've never there for, there for a while. Said, they were selling bags of Cool Ranch with extra ranch that's dust. True. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. And I was a little uh, afraid. <laughs> <laughs> we were gonna have freaking unlimited dugaritas on the uh on the the wheel route golf trip when we were yeah. flagging down the cart girl to bring us some more cool ranch dust for the rims of our dugarita glasses but, <laughs> uh, excuse me sweetheart can you crush this bag of blue uh <laughs> this bag of blue doritos for daddy 
Thank you. That'd be nice. <laughs> Anyhow, what are you guys uh, drinking tonight? This is, this is definitely the Thanksgiving week conversation I figured we'd <laughs> yeah, have. Yeah. Uh, you know, football, yeah, happen. whatever. It happens. We got to yeah. talk about Michigan and Rutgers. Like, it actually, like, is a thing that happens. So, you know, <laughs> let's, let's preempt it. Chips. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sticking with uh, the Topo and Lime once again. Keeping it on the straight and narrow. You go in lime topo, or you go the the, the regular? Just basic with the uh, the sploosh of key lime juice. <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wasn't sure where we were going there, but happy that that uh, it is looking shout, a little it's looking a little cloudy. Out, it is looking a little cloudy in that glass. Fans. <laughs> All Archer fans were just horrified by what just took place. <laughs> Um, I have a newly acquired New Belgium Voodoo Ranger IPA. Very tasty. Oh, I don't like that one. No? I'm pretty out on the Voodoo Ranger. Yeah, I think yeah. it's awful. Yeah. You know. One of my, yeah, yeah, it's not great. Not my favorite of the IPAs. I have a, this is a Sierra Nevada Hazy Little Thing IPA. Nice. Keep, keeping it hazy since, um, since I'm back in picks. <laughs> um. Yes. Uh, all right. Yeah. So happy uh, pre-Thanksgiving week, everyone. Good to see Woo. any any. Uh, so Jordan, what was the spread like on Saturday? Good standard standard setup. I heard there was a leaf blower involved and a smoker. Yeah. So you know, just so, maybe give uh, us a, a few minutes on that. Yeah. My my kind younger brother Evan. Uh, he and his lovely wife hosted the Shank family for Thanksgiving festivities uh, this weekend. Um, Evan took upon the act of smoking the turkey this year. Uh, he he boldly proclaimed that this was the first time wheeling out the smoker since he smoked the turkey several years back for our, our previous Thanksgiving event. Um, and he he wrestled with it for most of the morning, trying to get it to come up to temp. He was he was a little disappointed with the kind of uh, lack of airflow I think he was getting. Uh, so a leaf blower was brought out from time to time to sort of encourage. Uh, it's an aggressive of, option. It, I like. It's brilliant. Yeah. I just want to say. So yeah, hey UVA systems engineering at at full work. Uh, but you know he did have the foresight not to just stick the business end of the leaf blower in and blow on the charcoal as to not you know, grit and grime, the turkey. Uh, so he, he, he said the kind of, that's the, Memphis, Memphis style. That's a Memphis style turkey. You grit and grime it like that. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he did the, like the, the motor vent end on the coals. So it was nice. blowing like less air, kind of more direct, easy to easier to handle. But yeah, we had smoked turkey, which was phenomenal. Uh, I did, collard greens in the instant pot uh we had a great broccoli dish uh creamed onions mashed potatoes sweet potato casserole uh cream cream wait wait time out time out creamed onions those are like little pearl onions yes so that was uh that that dish was has kind of like been my mom's mom's staple for okay since as long as i can remember it's one of my favorites, um, sure. but she wasn't able to come visit us given, you know, the, the pandemic and she's in an assisted living community and all, all right. that stuff. So, uh, 
So my sister made those cranberry relish. Um, yeah. And then various pies for dessert. And uh, yeah, all in all, I think like that, that meal, we tend to pretty much stick to the same, uh, same main and sides and everything each year, which is kind of nice. Cause you know what you're getting, maybe change things up once or twice. Uh, sure. And we also did uh, oysters on the grill for hors d'oeuvres, which we do Ooh. with that side of the family each year. You uh, oysters in the shell on the grill till they burst. Then you scoop the oyster out into a saucepan of garlic butter, spoon that onto a saltine cracker, throw some hot sauce of your choice on top. Wonderful, wonderful experience. I but brought out the nice. crystal hot sauce this year, uh, which which made an appearance in our hot sauce rankings earlier in the <laughs> pandemic. Phenomenal yeah, choice. Five Hard star times. reviews all around. Uh, mm -hmm. Would highly recommend. To I think that was what we said, right? It like it tasted good, but it was like this would be good on an oyster. This is like, like this a seafood, is a seafood hot sauce. Hot yes, sauce. yes, yeah. yes. It is for sure. Can confirm. There was there was a when we were talking about this briefly. There was a place. Um, that up in the panhandle of Florida that we went to a few, well, boy, it was actually back when Emily and I were dating um, for, it was a family friends, Christmas beach house, whatever situation. We, we were there for a couple of days and um, there was a bar nearby that had, I believe they had 50 cent oysters or they might've even been cheaper wow. and they were fantastic, but the bar had their own, oyster hot sauce and they sold in these big jars i think mm. i have a jar of it still here but it was so good and that's what i said it's just like i'm not always like a hot sauce has to go on the oyster person because i like i like spicy cocktail sauce on there but yeah um if there's like a place that has refined their own sort of oyster hot sauce i'm always down to try that because i i think that that is a very good thing so anyhow yeah i am always Shots down to, to to dip a toe in the proprietary hot sauce arena where <laughs> right. I feel that well very good glad that was a good time um jason you got any any uh thanksgiving food updates or hot takes anything you want to get off your chest sides no, plans uh, <clears throat> any of you guys do mac I mean, and cheese at thanksgiving i i do mac and cheese at thanksgiving yeah. just because i do mac and cheese at any and all times that i can it's the king okay. of sides and we should respect it as such all right, you get that take every time we mention mac and cheese. Thank you for getting it in, not disappointing the, the fans You're welcome. and the listeners. Don't tee it up like that, and yeah. I won't. <laughs> mac and cheese for me usually shows up uh, at my dad's side of the family meal, which is the Mennonite side. Um, right. So I don't know if that necessarily makes Mennonites better than other people or not, but uh, probably it's where it sh tends to show up. So. Yep. Um, I'm also I, I'm fully team dark meat. Uh, Fair enough. I, I will often not eat any white meat at Thanksgiving, just because I don't see the point. Huh. Yeah, so I mean, to yourself, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it's white meat, meat. Yeah, I would just yeah, I would posit that the if if the white meat is that bad, probably not cooking the turkey correctly. Also, I would say that a turkey is a tough thing to cook, especially if you're cooking it, just roasting it in the oven um, to get the white meat to be acceptable and not like demand. A ton of gravy and or mayonnaise on the sandwich later, um, just to lubricate it enough so you can swallow it. You know that's that's tough. So right. anyhow, 
this these are these are my thoughts too i i generally agree with you on the white meat though like rarely am i just like oh hell yeah give me a nice thick slice of breast meat this put it right on there right give me some turkey smash some some cranberry in there you guys got cranberry yeah oh no cranberry sauce is an abomination <laughs> here we go yeah. yeah well yeah so again i've got uh, plenty of takes i can get them all this off here conversation like every year the yeah, past yeah, it's fine. however yeah. many years we've sure we have new listeners this, but yeah listeners. my my mom's <laughs> mom her cranberry relish is <laughs> miles better than the cranberry sauce that traditionally finds its way into grocery stores so what, it's, uh, what's in this cranberry relish it's like well, cranberries not, that are then food processed into like a relish ish consistency yeah. And then there's citrus juice and sugar and, and rind. I think there's like citrus rind in there some too. Some zest, right? maybe. Yeah. yeah. So it's um. Yeah, you can talk me into that. It's a it's it's more of a garnish, Jason. Like I would say, right. you would eat it. You would like kind of smear it on this the dry white turkey. Yeah. Um, that there, that's that's really where it's hitting the most. And a little gravy on there, so you get like a nice little a punch of acidic uh tang with the with the cranberry and then you get a nice sort of gravy you know coating the mouth sort of warm, I really wish our listeners warm. could see the hand movements yeah. <laughs> there's temperature yes there is gravy and you got cold yeah. cranberry see i think i think i would enjoy that i think i would enjoy the relish style like a dash of it like mm-hmm. just to toss some flavor in there i think i would like a slice of like, jello relish you put on hot dog is often very wet like sure. there's a lot of fluid with the pickles, but yeah. the right. cranberry yes. relish is more of a dry relish, if that makes right. sense. No, this yeah. is, I, I, I'm, I'm on board with this. This, this like sounds a, good. Yeah, like a, a shaving, a shaving of cranberry. So, yeah, yeah. Um, um, very nice. I do think I do think green bean casserole is our most underrated Thanksgiving dish. I love green bean casserole. I think green bean casserole is really good. I, I think um, it's easy to me- mess up. We never That's had the white meat. That's fair. <laughs> we usually go. My mom makes like a, a dressing slash stuffing, but a dressing in a in a pan. Um, really good breakfast sausage, apricots, onions, celery, all that. Very nice, love it. Probably my favorite thing. Gets very crusty in the corners. I really big big tech a textural delight, if you will. Um, but we never have had green bean casserole. We always have green beans, but they're usually just like a, a sautéed green bean, maybe a blanched right. blanched green bean. Um, we usually have a sweet potato, and here's here's what kind of like I think Jordan brought up a good point earlier about the the way that the flavors play off each other on the plate and the way that the temperatures of, of the different things play off each other too. Because we always have this Waldorf salad, and it is an abomination to talk about what Waldorf salad actually is. But in the context, in the context of the the plate, it is awesome and it is necessary. You've got to have something cooling you off. But it is it is quite literally a a Horrific. mayonnaise a mayonnaise based f- fruit salad with marshmallows in it. It's wild, <laughs> wild that we allow this to happen. Like I would never just go out of my way to do this. I mean, it's like chicken salad, but swap out the chicken for grapes and marshmallows. Like that's bizarre. Ugh. Waldorf salad <laughs> was made for an ugly, delicious episode. <laughs> like was that- it? No, I'm saying like that pair oh, is a match made in heaven that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So I'm just saying, but we always have it. And it's like never at any point during the, like, it's never like August 1st. And I'm like, damn, mom, 
you know, it's a hot summer day. Put on the Waldorf you know salad, Dan. Hit me all the way up with the Waldorf salad, the big bowl. Let's get a big bowl going. <laughs> but for whatever reason, it's like it has to happen in the context of the Thanksgiving plate. Anyhow, I, I say. How, I, okay, I how much do you think, how much of that do you think is like actual taste and enjoyment or how much do you think is like maybe nostalgia, some nostalgia stuff? Yeah. Um, wow. That's a, that's a good question. I, I wouldn't know how to guess. I would say there's probably a healthy dose of nostalgia. Yeah. See, um, we're doing the I, ugly delicious episode right now. Is what but it's doing. you, it's yeah, it, it is unique enough though, that it's like, like if you try to just like convince people that Waldorf salad was like a thing you guys went to a lot, I don't think you'd get very far with that, but like it is, I think it's it's good, but you also only eat it once a year. So it's like, um, yeah, so you probably get a little bit of like special occasion vibes also, which, okay. you know, matters. But anyhow. So no Waldorf salad in the Crack household is what you're saying. God, no. <laughs> yeah, I would be interested in doing mac and cheese because there's you can do really good like rustic home style mac and cheese. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I will say the mac and cheese that, that we do for Thanksgiving is not like everyday mac and cheese is like a, a way higher helping of breadcrumbs and stuff like that and oh yeah yeah, no good yeah, yeah it, it should be that way i just it's, I it's was, a fall oriented mac and cheese if you will. For whatever for whatever reason we've never done mac and cheese at thanksgiving and i've i've heard of late it seems like a lot more people do it and it's just like you know you you have you have a thanksgiving with your own family for forever and you pretty much just assume that that's the way people yeah. do stuff yeah. and then you're like what is going on like you know i think I've encountered a lot of uh, of ham Thanksgivings recently mm -hmm. in the last yes. couple of years. I think uh, the the social media intern, Coach E, uh, her family will yeah. do. They do pork and sauerkraut at Thanksgiving too. Like in well, addition, in it, which is oof, which I'm still. Half of that sounds still, wonderful. We're still we're still working on that. I'm still yeah. working on that. I don't really like sauerkraut, and I can't really will myself to like it. I, uh, I mean, it's. I've, 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 tried to, as, I've tried to appreciate it. Not, not my favorite thing. It's just. I'm, too, I'm just very too. German in like every way possible, and sauerkraut is trash. Are, are you <laughs> sure you want to say every way possible or most ways possible? Yeah, Jason. In every 2020 way possible. Okay. I, no, are you sure you <laughs> want to say that, <laughs> Jason? No, I got gotcha. you. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I, I, I think for whatever reason, I've always prided myself on being someone who's very open-minded to eating all the foods and appreciating all the foods. And that is something I really just really have a tough time with just that. And like, sometimes you ever, you ever bite into like a really nasty gassy Brussels sprout whoo, that will light you up and you won't eat a Brussels sprout for three years. Awful. Um, Awful. First of all, sauerkraut is literally German for sour cabbage and both of those words suck. So it sucks. Well, um, yeah. also I, mean, I haven't eaten Brussels sprouts in yeah, three or four years because I had some that, uh, that yeah put me put me out of commission for about twenty four <laughs> hours. I mean, at, at their around. very at their very best, you eat Brussels sprouts and you're it's pretty musical. You know, it's pretty musical in the in the in the Dutch oven for a while after that. You know, Listen, and, and that's fiber, at the at its fiber best. is a healthy thing, guys. We need to embrace it. This is true, but um, I think sometimes we'll have those. We'll have like Brussels sprouts at Thanksgiving too. Actually, come to think yeah. of it, I think we have had those. So anyhow. All, All right, right, cool. Well, this, yeah. this is great. Let's love it. Anything else, Jordan? What do you, what do you, what do you got to say? Like a Brussels sprout? No, no. We can move on from Brussels sprouts. They've okay. served their purpose. <laughs> yeah. Um, one last thing on sauerkraut. To me, it just tastes a little, it just tastes a little vomit. A little briny. 
I just would say Vami. Like it's gone gone to the bad. Okay. Like I, I feel the same way sometimes about like about like kimchi. Yeah. Like you yeah, get the no, kind it, of it just, just like... tastes like its natural state is it just tastes <laughs> off. Also, this guy, re- real quick, this is a complete tangent. There's a one. I go to a barber shop, lovely place. Shout out to Jay, my barber. He's Cuban. He's my man. There is another barber there that is one of those guys that just likes to argue. I think for the sake of arguing, don't really know what that's like at all. So anyhow, I I, I mentioned something that like he was. People were talking. Oh, there was a jet flying over because the air show was a few recently, and someone was talking about throwing up in uh, in the jet. And I was like, yeah, I heard, I've heard fighter pilots say you're supposed to eat bananas before because they taste the same coming up as they do going down. And this kid tried to tell me that everything tastes the same coming up as it does going down. And he's, and I said, no, it does not. It tastes like vomit. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, it tastes like food. I was like, do you eat, do you willfully eat food that tastes like vomit, man? Like, are we, like, I was like, this is, and and he was just like going on and I was like, all right, I I can't, I can't with this right now. Please finish cutting my hair because I'm, I'm going to get angry. I'm going to get angry. Logan, when you brought up uh, kimchi, I was reminded of uh, the rehearsal dinner for Evan and and Caroline's wedding several years ago when they brought (laughs) They brought a food truck that had like your dumplings, truck, right? your yeah, and kimchi was one of the things served there. And so I remember going out and like <laughs> my second little food basket, I got some kimchi. And David Whitehouse was behind me in line, and he goes, "Yeah, you know when there's a well-established saying that says." something to the effect of, well, we're really in deep kimchi now. <laughs> He's like, I don't know that that's something I want to eat. <laughs> no, that's very true. My my grandpa used to say that all the time, and he fought the Korean War, so I guess that's probably what it was about. I'll be damned. Look at that. All right. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad we got the foods. Uh, food takes off. I hope it goes well for you guys and your family. I'll be in North Carolina um, with uh, an adequately small group of, of my loved ones. Enjoying it. You guys gonna be in well around around the berg, Jason? You gonna see the fam? Yep, heading down the road. Me, Great. mom, and pa. Little mini Thanksgiving. Love to see it. In between like five basketball games, should be good. Oh, well, there you go. Course. Steady grinding. All right, let's move on to a little bit of college football. Uh, as uh, we talked about, lots of cancellations this weekend. Another weekend rife with cancellations. Um, we did have one. That sort of cropped up on Saturday morning. Clemson, Florida State was canceled. Um, Drama. Really sparked a lot of bad takes, good takes, overwrought takes, I think. Um, and just some general, like, I would I would say, what, troubling conversation bad about look. this. Well, I yeah, mean, I would, say, I would say that it mostly died out pretty early on Saturday. We got distracted yeah. by the games and everything. Uh, and then that changed about two hours ago. Yeah, let's uh, let's bring everyone up to speed in case you were hiding under a rock and missed it and listened to our podcast. Uh, Clemson um, reportedly Clemson was in Tallahassee. Clemson was in Tallahassee off the plane. Reportedly had a player on the a, a, a player on the team who had been suffering from COVID nineteen symptoms all week in practice. Had been practicing, um, had not registered a positive test uh they tested monday wednesday friday i believe he uh flew with the team on the plane uh friday after the test with no result 
Um, and then I believe tests were administered uh, once they arrived in Tallahassee and he popped positive. Uh, I, th I thought the, the, the Friday test was, was given and then he flew and then they got the results of it and he was positive. All right. I've seen, I've seen other reporting that seemed to suggest that there was a third party test a test that was done outside of the purveyance of Clemson's testing program that You're happened. Right, right. Um, and maybe that was just a, com a confirmatory test also. Uh, and maybe his Friday test did also uh, flash positive as well. But Logan. regardless, regardless, that's, bad. That's great use of confirmatory. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's a word or not, but it sounded great. Oh, it's, it's, it's a word. You must have done uh, well in your SATs. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, you missed you missed a sparkling conversation about SATs. Oh and, damn it! That's my wheelhouse. Generally on generally on other people's colleges, which was good. <laughs> <laughs> was my was my college involved in that? Yeah, uh, it was. Oh, it yeah. was, but that's just because I was getting sassy. I was just getting a little sassy. Yeah, so. standard, standard. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah no, standard stuff. Me, Sorry, that me. one. Did it again? Okay, Logan yeah. had done two right before you. So. Uh, yeah, I did two because you guys I was are racking up tabs. I apologize. That said, uh, let's bring it back on the rails here. Um, yeah, Florida sorry State, for people who needed to know what was going on. Yeah, Florida State and Clemson did not end up playing the game. They could not agree to allow the teams to play. I personally think completely reasonable mm -hmm. um, uh, by Florida State to not want to play the game, given if, if all the reporting is true. Um, seems a little reckless that Clemson would have, first of all, a backup offensive lineman need to travel with the team that bad with symptoms, regardless of if he did, if he had negative tests. Um, and then second of all, well, I don't know if there is a second of all, I think that's, I think that's really it. It just seemed yep. a little reckless on Clemson's point of view. I get why Florida state didn't want to play. I also get why it's convenient to say that Florida state didn't want to get manhandled by Clemson because they were absolutely going to get manhandled by Clemson, which is, which is true, but in my mind is independent of the situation at hand. So, um, I hope they rescheduled the game. Regardless, Dabo got up and had some bad takes this afternoon. Evidently, at what a press availability or press conference or something. What was he doing? Yeah, I don't know what it was, but uh, he he got that quote off for sure. Yeah. So, what was the quote? I mean, Jason, let me you find. Have it? I want to make sure I get it right. So, let me find. Yeah, it. Yeah, let's, David let's, Hale let's, had it. Yeah, let's. Uh, so, quote Dabo Swinney. This game was not canceled because of COVID. COVID was just an excuse to cancel the game. I have no doubt their players wanted to play and would have played. Same with the coaches. To me, the Florida State administration forfeited the game. Yeah, so I, I a couple of things there. I really hate the – everyone wants to play, man. Like, so stop saying that, like, oh, the players wanted to play. Like, that doesn't make it okay to do it. Like, of course, they want yeah. to play. They just like, want to play through concussions, and they want to play through broken ankles. They want to always yeah. want to play. It's Did you guys cool. watch the Eagles game today? Travis Kelsey refused to go into the – not Travis Kelsey, the Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey, yeah, the alignment for the Eagles. Refused to go into the, the injury tent after, like, suffering, like, a very apparent elbow injury because, like, he, he, once you go in there, you're you're injured. You can't come out. <laughs> and you heard it yourself. I mean, these are football players. Of course they want to play, man. Like, that's not a unique Nobody's opinion. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a unique take or opinion. And also, like, your team isn't more manly than Florida State because you guys wanted to play so bad. Like, I guarantee you the Florida State guys want to play too. They they, they don't go to school to play school. They're, they're there to play football, right? So, I mean, that's and, – and, that, and that's the truth. So – um, regardless of how bad Clemson probably was going to win that game. I know Trevor Lawrence hasn't played in three weeks. We all want to see him play. I'm sure they all want him to be, you know, 
Clemson also is chasing a bit of a resume at this point too, because they have a loss. So they need to, they need to, uh, you know, get some wins and they're incentivized to win the games they have as every team is. But uh, yeah, just a bad look, bad look. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's not as surprising as maybe it should be, or maybe ideally it would be, but given the source that it's coming from and not to like, not to be that guy, but we've kind of been on this train for a while that Dabo's a weirdo and should probably just talk about what talk happens less. in between the white lines and maybe nothing else. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just weird that you you would feel the need to go as far as he did like right it it could have just been like yeah it's really disappointing because both teams wanted to play but as always our primary concern is for the safety and well-being of everybody involved yeah and you can even say hey it was a shame they traveled 90 degree turn and said nope i'm gonna i'm gonna really go at the fsu administration's neck for some weird reason like did he want the FSU job once upon a time and is still upset that he was not <laughs> given a chance? Like, what? what's the deal, buddy? Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's just really disappointing, and it's also really disappointing that we're going to continue, like, the the media in general, not to be that the media guy, but, like, <laughs> college football, college sports media will continue to just, like, elevate this guy, elevate his platform, and let it roll let stuff like this just kind of roll off his back and not i wouldn't even i wouldn't even say that i would say they i think this is the first time they haven't praised him for something like this yeah it's so it's like at at what point do we draw a line and and like have the reese davises and kirk kirk streets of the world come out and be like yeah this is kind of a a thing to say well yeah yeah, they didn't. They didn't mind. Giving, they didn't mind. Uh, you know, trying to cancel Dan Mullen's coaching career because he got a little PO'd during halftime of a game where there was a huge fight a, a couple weeks ago. But right. yeah, I mean, listen, like they haven't had a chance to comment on it either, so we don't need to hold that over their head. But that all said, um, just seems it just seems like odd. It seems oddly timed. Um, I think there's obviously a much, regardless of what your personal thoughts are right. about well, like, about what, it, what like you can, you're allowed to be disappointed. That? Yeah, you're allowed to be disappointed, and you can even say like, "Yeah, it's a shame that we traveled there, um, and 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 had to and had to turn around. Everyone was really bummed, and we 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 really wanted to play because that's all true, and that's right. like that's not controversial at all. But like the idea that you're gonna come out here full what, like 36 hours later with like a weird press conference, like announcing your thoughts on the situation, <laughs> uh, whatever. So anyhow, yeah, we, I mean, so. <clears throat> Again, don't want to be the COVID police either. This is a weird sure. look. And I have uh, it, I have yeah. three things on this. Yeah. So I'm going to try to go through them as quickly as possible. Thank first you. one's first one's really fast. One, it's a miracle that it's taken this long for us to have this talking point. Of sure. oh, they yeah. canceled this game because they're cowards. Um, how we <laughs> well, yeah. how we made it two and a half months into the season without running into this already? I have no idea. But of course, it's coming from this source, and I'm thinking it's going to happen a whole lot more often. Uh, we've got some. We've got some spice on the West Coast already with some some BYU-Washington uh, strategic leaks, but we'll get to that later or oh, Wednesday. Yes. Um, sure. So it, it's going to happen a lot in these last few weeks, believe me. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, from my career's point of view, sometimes you can just not say anything. 
Yeah. Like in Dabo's case, that would work out for him pretty well. Like yeah. sometimes you can just not get your like if you're making if if you're anywhere in the neighborhood of six figures and above or seven figures or eight figures, like some right. people we may be talking about. Sometimes you don't have to say anything. Y'all and y'all think I don't tweet much right now. If I was making anywhere near to what Davos Swinney would make, I would, I would, ju- I would every account on the I would, yeah, <laughs> y'all would never hear from me again. Just nothing but retweets over yeah. and over from the team account. Um so anyways, sometimes you don't have to say anything. Uh the thing is so this is what happens when you have I think Alex Kirshner said something like this earlier and he was completely right. And he put it into words better than I can and will right now. But this is what happens when you have a governing body that doesn't want anything to do with any of the liability. So they just hang out in the background and enforce the good and bad rules that they have. Right. Um, And all they have is a bunch of subcommittees, i.e. conferences, whose main goal is to just collect the TV money. And so the conferences put it in the hands of the schools. And that's how you get Florida State saying, hey, we're not really comfortable with playing your team in the situation that you've presented us. We don't love it. And unfortunately or fortunately, it also comes at a time when, yeah, we were going to get dumped, dump trucked by like 30 in the first half. And now it looks bad, but also we really don't feel comfortable and we'll never know where on that spectrum they landed. Yeah, because well, there was no third party that got involved and said, "No, I this is a, a medical professional that we have on our payroll who wants to yeah, do entire job is to give an unbiased professional opinion." And here's what they say, and yeah. we don't have that at any of the three levels. We just have teams deciding on their own. Yeah, and that's this is what happens. This was this was inevitable, and everybody with a brain saw this coming three months ago and now it's happened and do what you want with it get your hot takes off believe what you want this is a situation where if you've decided that florida state forfeited or pulled the plug because they're cowards you're literally nothing will convince you that that's not the case if you believe that florida state pulled the plug because they didn't feel safe nothing's going to convince you that that was the case so right just get the takes off do what you want um it's it's what our country is right now at all levels. And of so, of course, it goes to college football as well. Yeah. Well, and, and what further messes up kind of that structure of power or decision-making or lack thereof is that at different schools, you have different hierarchies where, like, Certainly. at Clemson, Dabo runs the show. Like, yep. you, you think Dabo doesn't have override power or sway over decisions mm-hmm. that get made, like – Mike Norvell does not have that same clout. So the medical team has way more sway at Florida state is, is what I am insinuating. And hopefully that's not the case. (laughs) Hopefully that's not the case. Like ideally everyone's medical team has the final say, but it feels like given what college football is and has been for as long as we've been watching it, there are, different institutions that make decisions differently and do not always like because of that, those differences in processes, we have possibilities like this. And here's a a fun juxtaposition is so Nick Saban, the famously prickly and 
grumpy coach of Alabama, who I think yeah. is widely considered the best college football coach of all time, had a right. game canceled like seven days ago. And he came out and said pretty much what you should say. Like, ah, I mean, you know, we, we would have rather to play, but this is a time to be safe. This is a time with 7,000 moving targets that we're all trying to hit. We're just going to put our heads down and, and prepare for the next game. And that's what he said. And Dabo, who's like the, you know, hero of the, you know, rah-rah. I, I don't want to generalize and parent too broad brush, especially soon after the election. But, like, he's always been the quote-unquote good guy, the nice guy in the Alabama-Clemson rivalry. And he came out and shot his mouth off. And so I think, yeah. like, you can you can see I, – I have no idea if what Saban said is actually what he believes, but it doesn't matter. It's what he said publicly. It's what he said – to millions of people into a massive microphone and that matters. That's what people And that's like, he very, he's, he's brilliant, obviously at all levels. And every word he says is strategic, but he said the right thing. And, and Dabo, frankly, there was no need for what Dabo said. And so it's, it's, it's really interesting. I think somebody tweeted out like who would have thought that Nick Saban would be the good guy in the Alabama Clemson rivalry after all these years is like, Old curmudgeonly Nick Saban hates the forward pass, and you know he yeah he says he's had a be, lot of really smart things this year and really good things this year. I would agree with that. I would also be interested in what Nick Saban's response would be if he was coming off of a un, uh, a loss and his team needed to build the case because we've also seen Nick Saban act um, a little bit out of pocket when he needed to build the case, build you know, make the case for his team making the playoff when they had a late loss at the end of the year against Auburn and things like that and. Very and, fair. you know, so, I mean, we all have – everybody has um, a reason that they're – an angle that they're working. Clemson hasn't played in four weeks. We haven't seen Clemson with Trevor – well, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Trevor Lawrence hasn't played in four weeks. We haven't seen Clemson play in now what's going to be two or three. So, you know, he, Dabo doesn't want Clemson to slip off the national radar too, especially with the first college football playoff rankings coming out this week and all that stuff. He wants to make sure that they're still getting their respect. And, and listen, that's not nothing, but that's also not a reason – to have like a, such a colossally bad stance yeah. on, on it should also like not be anywhere near right. his top priority. Yeah. So that that all said, I mean, we've seen plenty of coaches stick their feet in their mouth this year so far, and, and we know, ain't done yet. And you know, I yeah, right, exactly. We the the other thing too that we also need to remind everybody is these guys are exceptional football coaches. They are not health, health uh, public health experts. They are not doctors, uh, and they are not a lot um, of things. Painting, as as yeah. Scott Strickland, there, we yeah. have said, these guys are really, really good at coaching football and calling plays. Right, and they need to maybe um, leave their their takes out of it a, a little bit more, at least publicly. All right, we, we beat that up enough. Just yep. a weird a weird situation all around. Um, they're supposed to reschedule that game and play it. I think that they would like to play the game, um, but we will see what happens in December because things are eh, seem a little tenuous in college football at the moment. So. Um, let's get it moving. We have some games to discuss. Uh, Florida played Vanderbilt this week. Um, if you, if you were in any way involved in Florida Twitter, uh, Florida, you know, almost lost this game, a game they won 38 to 17. Um, in reality, (laughs) Vanderbilt took the opening drive and went right down the field unabated to the end zone, scored a touchdown, kind of had that, eh. um, Florida sort of slept walk through the first half. This is how a Florida Vanderbilt game goes. I hate to break it to all the Florida fans that are new to the program. This is how Florida Vanderbilt works every year. It's always a noon kick Eastern time, so an 11 o'clock kick in Nashville. 
there was never anyone there. <laughs> Vanderbilt has historically, um, well, shall we? I don't know what to say. Awful uh, facilities. Uh, it's just, it's weird. I think it's just weird all around. I'm, that's not an excuse for the team not coming out super pepped up to play an 0-6 Vanderbilt. That is awful. But hey, that is what it is. Florida sleptwalked their way to a 38-17 win. Um, the defense did not look good. I don't know what the problem is. The problem still appears to be that it's the safety play is so bad. And I honestly think that it looks worse because they're, they're starting so out of position. So every time you see one of these guys, like he's not even in the screen when the ball gets caught and he has to make this like flying in from 40 yards away, shoestring missed tackle on a guy that's, you know, gathered up a full head of steam. You're not going to make that tackle. I'm sorry. No one is like, you know, it's easy. It's easy to miss that tackle. Um, so I, I think that there is plenty to worry about. Alabama will score 80 points on Florida. If, if, it, if they get to play Florida might score 60 on Alabama, but I, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, Alabama actually, I think executes their scheme. And I don't know that Florida currently has much of a scheme um, or identity on defense as much as one, um, can have that. It just, it seems they play way far off and give up. They'll get slanted to death by true freshman quarterback from um, Vanderbilt through throws for 300 yards and a couple, couple tugs or they'll, uh, they'll get, um, they just give a big play, you know, up, up the middle. So anyhow, a strange times that all said Vanderbilt has one scoring drive in the first half scores, 10 points in the first half has hits one big play in the second half scores 17 total points in the game. The game's over 38, 17, uh, a ho-hum day for Kyle Trask uh, through for almost 400 yards and three touchdowns. Emory Jones got in on the action through a touchdown pass. Hey now. Uh, so um, the people were, I think maybe insinuating that Florida was going to fall off uh, a lot without Kyle Pitts. They certainly don't look quite the same, even though they, they did a number on um, Arkansas last week without him, but uh, the young tight ends actually have filled in, admirably they look really good they're that that is a stocked tight end room um i think florida's pretty set that position moving forward and i think that the way that the young kids are being used and the way that Pitts is being used is uh definitely um it's a good thing it's a good thing well yeah it's and it's a good thing for recruiting purposes tight ends should want to come play in this offense at florida you've seen what happened last time florida had really good tight ends they won national championships aaron hernandez they they also had some issues later on down the road in life. This but. is true. That has nothing to do with Dan Mullen's play calling. I would posit. Well, <laughs> <laughs> prove it. <laughs> that all said, uh, I think fine. Um, I'm happy that we can get to the point where we, th- we, we act like we lost after beating a team by 21 um, on the road. And, you know, with basically really only paying attention for half the game. The defense has to get better. I don't know what else to say. They, they're just, they're just not very good. Some of the young kids got some burn in the second half um, and looked promising looked like we had a little more pep in our step the second half um and mullen had some interesting comments after the game actually he was sort of pressed on it i heard there was a lot of players popping off on twitter complaining about playing time and things of that nature whatever this is this is how it goes these days but uh he basically said that he told grantham to get some of the young guys in the game in the second half because he didn't like the way way things were looking and uh defense did play better um but yeah I think it might be time for maybe a new defensive coordinator in Gainesville. 
I just think it, it you know, that is out of nowhere for you. <laughs> defensive coordinators. I, I, I wanted to think that Grantham was the, the stick around and like, you were going to deal with his warts because he was always going to have like plus to the defense this year. It's not been the case. There's been minimal plus to the defense this year. And, uh, I think I think it might be time for a fresh slate. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, what about Cincinnati's defensive coordinator? You think he'd come to you think he'd come to Gainesville? I don't know. I have a feeling they can pay more than Cincinnati. I, I have a feeling that can South they pay Carolina, more than Michigan though. Ooh. <laughs> I think South Carolina's defensive coordinator, Travaris Robinson, was he was DB's coach under uh at florida under Muschamp and i'm pretty sure anybody above like quarterbacks coach in the sec has spent a year in gainesville at this point yeah uh it might be better for better or for worse they've all t-rob is definitely a guy that they talk about i think well you know there's a there's a historic defensive coordinator who's spent the better part of a year just hanging out at smith mountain lake who, (laughs) who might be ready to get get back into it i would be oh. so so happy. I would be I would be hell on Twitter lauding lauding the defense <laughs> of, one, of of one Bud Foster. You Imagine. would you would get so many Bud Foster takes off. I would yeah, the about face the about face. There's literally no make. drawbacks to this for me. I would be so except happy. for I think he I'm pretty sure he runs the exact same defense that Grantham likes to run. So we might have we might have some issues. What, like I just don't know how we, like how do you not watch like what Ohio State does. They play a single high safety. They do nothing surprising. They have great DBs that can that can run with guys like like Florida has cover corners. That's what that that's like. They they just print them off at this point. So like why why are we doing this weird ten yards off getting slanted to death? No, they, there's like not even because Ohio stuff. State's not playing against SEC speed, Logan. Yeah, I've Vanderbilt several times. Yeah, it's Vanderbilt, notable, it's, are, notable are purveyor of SEC yes. speed. Yes. Burners in Nashville. They don't feel like it. Anyhow, all right, let's move on. Abilene Christian was at UVA. Big game for the Who's. Jordan, how'd it go? I saw oh, man. it. Was the Who's, the who's uh, <laughs> did it. They won. They beat those guys. I didn't watch a whole lot of this game. I think the spread was 39 and a half, according to Bennett Conlon's article, and the margin of victory was 40. So. Wow. Once again, confirming uh, they know, guys. It's all an elaborate ruse. Yep. You're, uh, you're on record as being a, a, a Bennett Conlon fan on Twitter, correct? Yeah, very much. That's what I thought. Yep. He's, he's, he's been a, a wonderful addition to the UVA beat. Um, you're better than that Sam guy that used to be. Oh, God. Hey. the worst. <laughs> don't get me started on that <laughs> tangent. Um uh yeah did wasn't wasn't a terrific day though charles snowden done for the rest of the year he broke an ankle um it would be really nice if uva's best defensive player could stay healthy for the entire year at some point um uh who else? oh we uva had another defensive lineman get hurt uh this this is not good given that they have about four available uh, on the roster, given opt-outs, transfers, injuries, etc. cetera. Um, so it'll be interesting coming down the stretch given the ACC protocol about like how many players you need available at certain position groups um, and whether that causes any postponements or cancellations i'm very intrigued to see how that plays out from bronco mendenhall's chair 
Um, Brennan Armstrong slung the ball around. That was good to see. Had had a beautiful deep ball to freshman phenom Lavelle Davis. Uh, 90, I think it was a 90-yard tud. Uh, so, yeah, there were certainly some positives. Uh, the Who's have Florida State coming up next. So, good good to get a lot of guys some burn, get some confidence going into that game. And uh, we'll see what happens. Or if it happens. <clears throat> True. Yeah, I, I was tracking the progress here. Good to see Virginia score a lot of points. And, yeah, have some big plays, just things of that nature. Get get some uh, get some good practice. One uh, one quirky thing I did read about but didn't see because I was flipping over at Thanksgiving. We were flipping before between this game and UCF Cincinnati. Um, so once flipping once the who's you know the result was no longer in doubt, we kind of left that one. But apparently, uh, the who's called a double pass in their own end zone accidentally. <laughs> at the end accidentally the yeah. And uh, Bronco apparently had a good laugh. It led to Abilene Christian scoring on a safety. Um, sure. So I, I would like to go review that tape. Basically what he said, they were like next to each other on the play sheet and he skipped a line accidentally or something. Yeah, to that he, effect. Said, he said, and I made a mistake and called it on accident. Yeah. And apparently the quote, I think this was also in Bennett's article, but the quote was, Bronco something like he said I was just looking around and saying like what the crap <laughs> which is like <laughs> which is so straight poison from a oh moment. shucks yeah well, what the crap are we doing out there guys Ooh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late uh yeah yeah that that's interesting I saw some some guy like chimed in on Twitter some I think it was a Virginia fan but like Definitely was trying to like tut tut the like uh, oh what was that reverse business in the end zone why didn't we just kneel it out like you know we didn't need all that crap and I was like bro will you just relax like it was clearly like something went wrong there like just just give it a rest all right they won by forty yeah. all right just like call me it's gonna be all right mm-hmm. so that all said uh, speaking of losing by forty Virginia Tech played Pitt this weekend I'm and uh, just kidding I think they only lost by twenty five <laughs> but regardless Kenny uh, Pickett. Okay, Kenny Pickett back with a vengeance. The Kenny Pickett revenge tour got started off in a big way at home. Uh, Virginia Tech has had the most bizarre run of results this year. Like I, I, you know, far be it for me to feel bad for them. However, uh, it is strange. It's very strange. It's they like as a, a team who usually is playing unwatchable, low scoring, defensive struggle games that uh, usually they win. To be fair, to be completely fair to them. Um, usually they win. This is weird to see. They give up a zillion points. Um, Pittsburgh also has had an equally roller coaster ride of a of sort of an existence the past couple of years. So good for them. Um, the Narduzzi's march on. But uh, yeah, uh, Fuente's seat has to be scorching hot right now. I mean, South Carolina got the bidding started, and you know <laughs> in these a things big happen these, <laughs> in a big way. And these things happen in bunches. Um, I just. There's the, the situation has to be pretty untenable uh, in Blacksburg. I don't know. Jason, we got a schedule update on what's going on in Blacksburg. They play Virginia in two weeks, I think. They are. Um, they have this week off, and then they host Clemson, and then they host UVA. <laughs> okay. All right, good. Okay, so things are certainly going to go well down the stretch here. Not that the Clemson result probably is going to be surprising, but, uh, yeah, just, just weird vibes. Weird vibes. We've said it for a couple years now. Weird vibes in Blacksburg. 
True. Yeah, I, I mean, I have um, nothing to add because anything I say can and will be used against me in about three weeks when when in, these two teams in play. karmic retribution. Yep. Yeah. When, um, when, yeah, when I'll say it. I'll pop off. Um, Go ahead, please. No, I won't pop off. I got my I got my take in last week. Um, and sure. It's... You got any? You got any new like tidbits to drop and maybe maybe tide us over? Not really. Um, <laughs> only that. Uh, I mean, so, God, where to start? Um, basically, the fan base wants him fired yesterday. Sure. Uh, there are several million reasons not to fire him yesterday. Um, so Andy Andy Bitter, uh, who I forget which outlet he's with. I, I think he's with the yeah. Athletic full-time now. Um, he used to be with Roanoke times or maybe the daily press i forget anyways uh long time virginia bit tech beat writer uh really good had an article today basically like okay let's talk about it um with all the with all the realities of what would go into making a coaching change and uh so right now at this very moment justin fuente's buyout is 12 and a half million dollars uh that's as much as most champs yeah it's several dollars um if they wait, it's sometime in December, and all the article pulled up. Right they now, gave but... him they they gave him an extension after he like basically paraded around Blacksburg, pretending like he was Baylor's coach this for is... like a whole week last year. This is their own fault. They should pay it's... it just because they're so stupid that they gave it to him. <laughs> I don't think they extended him after the Baylor dalliance. Why wouldn't he? Why would he have stayed then? I think because he... Aranda got the job. Yeah, I, I forget the timeline. I but. That's not that's not important. The buyout's always been big. Yeah. The buyout's always been big, but it, it did get bigger at some point. It was either that year or the year after. I forget which. And the the general assumption is that it it got bigger because of that. Um, so sometime in December, basically at the end of this season, that buyout shrinks to ten million. Um, the other thing that Andy Bitter pointed out is that it's all all the assistant coaches. It'll cost roughly two million dollars to replace all of them. Um, this is all at a time when Virginia Tech has kind of behind closed doors been fundraising. Uh, this is all in Andy Bitter's article. I have no inside knowledge of this, but they've been fundraising with the implication that they're going to be out $40 million, that they've already done a lot of stuff to cut that to $30 million, and they think they can get it down to $20 million when all is said and done from COVID. Loss of revenue, loss of ticket sales, loss of donations, et cetera. Um, $20 million is not nothing. $20 million is about a fifth of the Virginia Tech Athletics Department. So changes were already going to have to be made anyways. Now, buyouts, by and large, don't come from the athletics budget. They come from right. passing around a hat to the donors and seeing what they can raise. I have no clue whether Virginia Tech has that kind of deep pockets in their in their suites at the moment. Um, they might. They might not. Um, Witt has also always been a proponent of spend money now rather than spending it later. Um, he's, he's paid. Well, buyout. He gave he's a paid. terrific buyout to freaking. Uh, he's, right. uh, he's so, paid sorry buyouts to in the past. Sorry to interrupt, but I, the, You're right, Jordan, the big buyout came as a result of the extension he signed in 2018. Gotcha. They extended him once in 17 and again in 18 and the buyout jumped way up. Yeah, in eighteen, the the seventeen extension I believe was the Baylor, right? 
No, Baylor. No, Baylor was just last this year. Off season. Yeah. God, I think this is the second episode in a row I've messed that up. It's okay. Um, we got you. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyways, twenty twenty has been four years long. If it makes you feel better, so that's true. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think basically. Andy Bitter said, you know, hey, this isn't completely out of the question. The optics would look bad, and I'm not sure the money actually exists. But, like, he was just putting all the facts on the table, and there's a lot of facts. Um, you know, yeah. even if optimistically Virginia Tech gets that COVID impact down to $20 million, you're still tacking on $2.5 million every year for the next four years to a coach who will be coaching somewhere else. Also, somehow, Justin Fuente got a contract where uh, oftentimes if you – fire a coach and you start paying their buyout and they get another job. No offset language. Yeah. yeah. You no longer have to pay the buyout. Right. There is no offset language in Justin Fuente's <laughs> contract. They God, will owe I, him the full I, buyout amount, regardless of his employment status. Oops. I mean, these, these contracts, like it's easy for me to me guy who makes no money out here to like, say that these contracts are ridiculous, but I mean, who were they bidding against uh, in 2018? Apparently LSU and Florida state. According LSU. to the article I read. <laughs> Florida State doesn't have any money either. None of these places have any money. They LSU generate doesn't, they just make this L- money. Didn't LSU get in trouble for uh, shuffling funds away from a children's cancer center at their hospital? Yeah, to pay players. Right. <laughs> to pay something. It's true. Yeah. Right. Anyways, uh, things are a mess in Virginia Tech. The fan base is wildly apathetic and confused as to why he hasn't been fired already. Um. I don't know what's gonna happen. Nothing would surprise me. I think I got I got He's asked back next year. I, I got asked by a buddy if I thought it would happen. I have zero inside knowledge. I am not speaking in my uh status as a collegiate athletics employee at all here. I think there's probably a 55-60% chance he's back next year as the coach of Virginia Tech. But there are a lot of different possibilities in that extra 40-45%. Does if they get run off the field by Virginia? I think that changes the calculus. Yes, yeah, there's there's a lot of variables left. And I don't, I, and I'm not suggesting that's going to happen because, frankly, I'm already getting indigestion thinking about that game, mm-hmm. um, just because of how weird both these teams are and how mm-hmm. injured Virginia is and thin and everything else. But that all said, woof. If yeah, the if the is... team that played Pitt yesterday plays Virginia, they will get run off the field. Well, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, and and so that's the other thing with like putting putting an odds on this. There's still two games left, and right. there are two games that could swing this wildly. In either Imagine direction. they beat Clemson and lose like what happened? Yeah, if they beat Clemson, <laughs> he's definitely yeah. not getting fired. Like right. Oh so my god. There's that just too many variables, happen. but I mean, I'm they've so they've they've kind of painted themselves into this corner of apathy and fan yeah, anger. But by how do you? I mean, even all the if you stuff bring I talked back, about last week. So well, like. I don't know. These like lamed up it, college football is so interesting because of like, like how intrinsic recruiting is to mm-hmm. like the job. Like it is going to be so easy. I mean, it's it's if already back. easier to recruit against Virginia Tech right now. It's so easy to just pick that scab yep. with Virginia Tech. Like the only people they're going to get are people who are like who grew up Virginia Tech fans or like two star kids. Like Literally, to be honest Virginia with you. Tech earlier this week lost the crown jewel of their twenty twenty one recruiting class to Boston College. Yeah, well, yeah, it'd be like that Halfley. sometimes. Halfley and them boys not playing so. no games. All right, well, very curious. Virginia Tech got whooped by Pitt. Shout out to Pitt. Um, Shout out to Pitt. Pitt in. Shout out to Pitt. Doing <laughs> Lord's work. Uh, Clemson and FSU did not play. 
Uh, I got a little wrapped up into this Mississippi State Georgia game. Um, you for did. Purely, <laughs> purely <laughs> shouting Freud reasons uh, late into the night, but y'all, Georgia has some issues, and I don't know. They are very excited. Okay, JT Daniels did play quarterback. Um, so shout out to JT for finally getting in. He looked good. Um, Mississippi State had 49 scholarship players available for this game. They were starting, I believe, and playing multiple walk-ons. Oh, on we didn't defense. We didn't actually talk about that for Virginia Tech Pitt. Pitt was without 16 players, including like seven starters. Okay, Anyways, great. continue. Really excited for Virginia to find a way to lose this Virginia Tech team by like 30. <laughs> it's like inexplicably, but it's fine. It's fine. I got my one. I can die in peace. But uh, yeah, so Mississippi State um, actually looked not so bad. I mean – it was a weird game. Georgia had the black jerseys on. Um, weird stuff I feel like happens when Georgia wears the black jerseys. That that said, Mississippi State moved the ball um, and played pretty good defense. Uh, Georgia hit was able to hit some big passing plays down the field. Uh, well, like, I mean, Mississippi State had the ball with four minutes to go and the ability to drive the field and tie the game, and they, they couldn't do it. Uh, Georgia started, I think, to close down a little bit, but Mississippi State was playing the most maddening version of I am going to beat you to death with four and a half yard passes death over the middle. Cuts. It was insane. Like the patience that they I I gotta hand it to them. If I was Georgia's defense, I would have like like just taken a random freak like roughing the passer penalty just to like liven it up a little bit. Like it was wild. <laughs> they had a guy just he was just drilling this dude in the numbers right next to the ref every time. Just boom, boom, boom. And they were just moving down the field. And they had it going. Georgia ran for nine – sorry, eight. Let me, be, let me be clear. They ran for eight yards in this game total. Georgia. That's not Georgia football. With, Come on, with that Bobo. offensive line, those running backs, and a better quarterback. So, anyhow, it was just a weird game. Like, very, very strange. Um, miss, I mean, I guess good for Mississippi State to see some signs of life. I saw someone say, like, Georgia should probably be concerned – when Mississippi State comes to town with only 49 players, of which most of them probably also hate the coach, uh, and, and is able to do that, starting a quarterback that hasn't played much. Um, I believe, yeah, Will Will Rogers, I believe is his name, which is a nice, nice – that's like more of a Texas quarterback name, to be honest, but yeah. uh, I'll give it. I'll give it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oklahoma quarterback Will Rogers, Heisman contender. I'm going to uh, Tyler. <laughs> anyhow. It was it was weird. I I just ended up watching because it was one of the better games that was on, and I couldn't bring myself to watch Michigan um, <laughs> Rutgers until You're not that until, much of a sicko until later. And then I was I went full sicko mode. I went full sicko mode later and watched the end of that game. But uh, I watched none of San Diego State Nevada. I don't know if anyone has a score on that. Nope. I apologize. That was your SEC game of the week, though. I did not it know was. that. We we did not say this. Uncle Gary and Brad were on the call. For San Diego State at Nevada. I bet they had a oh. whale of a time, too. Nevada, Nevada won 26-21. It seemed like a super fun game for exactly two and a half quarters. Hmm. And then there were three points in the final 25 minutes. Just a rock fight. A closing out rock fight. Love love it. Love to see it. All right, let's get to picks, Jordan. How do we do? Oh, boy. Well. Good boy. Coming, crashing back down to earth. Here come the boys. So well, it was a mixed bag. One, one of the boys. Yeah. One of the boys. Namely me, had a rough one, took took it squarely on the chin, uh, <coughs> went one and four, came back down to earth a little bit. Uh, Jason and Logan both went three and two, so 
a good week for them. Uh, guys, we are like a dozen-ish weeks through this season, and all three of us are 26, 21, and 3. <laughs> Love it. Five games above 500. We each got there on in our own special, <laughs> you know, roundabout ways, and that's what makes it beautiful. Um, all right, start the noon game, Indiana and Ohio State. I... I was watching this like through the kitchen uh, while prepping a side dish on Saturday. Ohio State just like they got up by a lot and they were up by 21 for a lot of the game. And right. then they just kind of like just pissed were it content away. to win <laughs> and not, you know, as long as we win, it's fine. Um, which, you know, all they needed to do was win college football playoff wise, but if you took them to cover 20.5 points, you needed them to do more than that. Right. <laughs> so I was disappointed as an Ohio state picker. I was disappointed <laughs> not to see more killer instinct out of Justin Fields and the Buckeyes. I feel like they would have covered. There was a weird play in that game where Fields was rolling out and like was about to get hit and he went to just flip the ball and it was a walk-in touchdown. And he went and he just like airmailed it over the receiver that was like maybe seven feet away from him. And like it seemed I think that was a fourth and goal or a fourth and one play. And I think Indiana got the ball. And then from there, like Indiana kind of like had the upper hand for the rest of the game, just at least chipping away on the score. Um, to the point where it was like Indiana actually had the ball with the ability to tie. And you know, yeah. they were unable to do it. Um did any of you guys see Spencer Hall's uh, Legend of Mike Penix uh, video this morning? Because I I was singing that to myself all day. He tweeted that out in like the first quarter or the second quarter. Coach E, Coach E was not happy with my performance <laughs> of Legend of Mike Penix, but it was it was good. So um, I watched very brief snippets of this game, flipping back and forth between something else. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ohio State was up thirty-five to seven after the first drive of the second half, like right. I think they just, you know, it's, it's Ohio state. I think they kind of took their foot off the pedal a little bit. And I, I think they do, you know, the one I think genuine and fair question about Ohio state right now is their defense. And so seems to be when, the question about everybody this yeah, year. Also, basically. Um, so when, when, a when a unit that has some like, eh, they should probably clean this up questions about them takes their foot off the pedal. I think, uh, I mean, I think Indiana is genuinely pretty good this year. Um, yeah, sure. They're not, they're not on Ohio state's level, but when Ohio <laughs> state, the, the worst half of Ohio state takes their foot off the pedal, I think the best half of Indiana can, can play with them and, and mm-hmm. play really well against them. I mean, they, after that first drive in the second half, Indiana won the second half twenty eight to seven. So, you know, yeah. it was and the the one the the seven for Ohio State was a pick six. So right. um yeah, I I think Ohio State is is better than is more than seven points better than Indiana. That much is obvious, but I, I think they do have focus issues, which is not the first time we've said that. And I think they I think they have some pretty I don't think their defensive issues are as glaring as Florida. But I think their defensive issues are a genuine question. And yeah. a good offense like Indiana, especially when a game gets sloppy, this game had seven turnovers. Like it was kind of a mess yeah. in the second half. So I think that that's a good situation that Indiana can close that gap. And yeah, just a weird game. Unfortunate for picking games, but um, yeah. 
not yeah. altogether unexpected. Yeah. Not unfortunate at all. Not unfortunate at all. Not yeah, 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 sure. About, well, but. Jason, you bring up an interesting point about uh, a focus issue, and I think that's maybe an oft-overlooked uh, factor this year, given a global pandemic, and sure. these are eighteen to twenty-year-old, twenty-one-year-old young men. Hell, I'm I'm a thirty-one-year-old man, and I have had trouble focusing the last six months. Like yeah, it happened. Like I, yeah, like I am much wiser and mature than I was in college, and this thing still stresses me the hell out, and I don't deal with it the most right. healthy ways at all times. So, yeah, I think I think we should give and obviously like we're just picking games it's stupid but um like we there should be an a some sort of element of grace i think when when we critique these performances and uh just overall like way things unfold on the field because again these are young men young young men and they're dealing with a lot that well and it's also what game three or four yeah i mean how many games have these teams really played three four five i mean this is what the fourth or fifth game for ohio state so i mean you know you right now you would just be playing maybe your first conference game if this was a normal season Mm -hmm. granted ohio state was supposed to play oregon this year i think so they they should have been able to had would have had to turn it on a little earlier that all said also, low-key, sneaky good move by Ohio State letting Indiana back in, making it seem like Indiana is, like, really good. So, uh, boosts up that win. Because, like, I mean, who else is Ohio State going to play? They're going to get to play Penn Northwestern. State. Okay, they're going to yeah, play. They so, they're going to play <laughs> Northwestern probably in the, uh, spoiler alert, in the um, Big Ten championship game. I mean, I can't foresee a situation in which Northwestern doesn't just get absolutely pummeled um, in that game. So, uh, anyhow, that that, you know. Just, just a little 3D chess there. So yep. shout out to uh, Coach Ryan Day. Yep. Uh, all right. We had two 330 games. The first, uh, well, let's talk Wisconsin Northwestern first since we're in the B1G. Uh, oh, North, please. Northwestern. We don't want to talk about the other one yet? Or, okay. No, let's we'll save going. that for next because that had a little more going on. I, I honestly didn't watch much of Wisconsin. They fell behind. You didn't miss Both anything. Of these teams it was play awful. a boring brand of football. It looked it looked miserable. Didn't watch a minute. Uh, I watched a fair amount. Um, Northwestern actually like appeared to be much better at being Wisconsin than Wisconsin <laughs> in this game, which was wild to see. It was just really, it was interesting to see two teams that do this in today's day and age, just like <laughs> duking it out, like multiple fullbacks and lots of power eye and and just running the football like and honestly like shout out to wisconsin when they are blocking it up they look so good like it looks it looks like like was it north dakota state or whatever like they just when they they have certain plays that are just blocked up so well that you're like wow like i see why they do that it's a math advantage <laughs> and that guy i could have driven a semi truck through that hole, you know so like that was it, it's interesting to see when it works Northwestern, to their credit, did a little bit of that. Um, there was a weird, I think, fumble right at the goal line in maybe the first quarter of this game. Uh, and then Wisconsin got the ball and went down the field, hit a big play, a big pass play for a touchdown. Um, and then Wisconsin just completely nothing happened for like a very long time. And Northwestern was able to score 10 points and just build up an insurmountable 10-point lead in this game. Uh, Wisconsin just looked lifeless on offense. It was really weird. They uh, – 
Um, the quarterback turned the ball over a few times. He had he had a freshman game. I think he is a freshman, so you know these things happen. But um, yeah, I mean, it's sort of a role reversal from last year, where I think Northwestern had a really good defense and their offense could not pick up the slack. I thought Wisconsin was going to be almost damn near cream of the crop based on some of their earlier op- offensive performances, but Northwestern looks like they have a really good defense. They just not a whole lot of athleticism. Um, well. I, I know, I know what's going on here. A lot of white guys, a lot of white guys. Okay, I'm just saying it. A lot of white guys on the field for both of these teams. The style of play certainly doesn't lead to the athleticism popping off the screen. Northwestern has two fantastic linebackers that are really good, but I think a team like Ohio State with a lot of top te- top tier talent and speed um, is going to be able to wear like a team that relies on two awesome middle linebackers. <laughs> like, sorry, like you're not going to get to play both those guys in the middle. Just, you know, Ray Lewis and, um, you know, Terrell whoever, Sucks. yeah, whoever Ray Lewis's honcho was, uh, in there. But, uh, yeah, that, that said, shout out to Northwestern because they, I mean, they definitely earned this one. I mean, they were the, they were clearly the better team. It just was a, it was, you know, we said rock fight earlier, but it was an absolute rock fight and it looked cold. Ugh. Sure. Ugh. Big Ten football. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, momentarily leave the Big Ten and go down to Orlando, where we had <laughs> Cincinnati and UCF tangling horns. Most uh, people from Big Ten country also go to Orlando once a year, at least. Nice. Got them. Hi, yo. This, we, I mean, I, I said it in the group text. This was an all time hurtful beat. <laughs> This is really bad for the Bearcats. This was violent to you guys. I don't. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, great action throughout the game. You got you got two offenses really putting on a show against talented defenses. Like UCF was given Cincinnati's D everything they could handle. Uh, yeah, Randy Shannon, Randy Shannon, dialing them up, awakening the echoes. A little C- bit of defense. Cincinnati <laughs> did have some dropsies. I noticed. Um, yes. which if that would have been cleaned up in like quarters one through three, maybe we're not sweating bullets, uh, on the Cincinnati <laughs> side late in the game. Right. Uh, we've got a situation where Cincinnati is up three points. They are driving with the ball time winding down. UCF is burning timeouts and we get to a situation where the running back has, just the expanses of the universe in front of him from about four <laughs> yards out to score. And he does the grapevine out of bounds uh, at the one yard line. Did he go down or did he just run out of bounds? He went, down. He, went, okay, he went, he went down. He went down. But he did grapevine a little bit. That was, that was a little karaoke step. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't understand. Like it's not, it's not one of those things. Oh, we're up. They're not up by one. Yes. Yeah. If you score, you're up by two scores with a minute, if that, left. So yeah. I I think he's been watching a little too much Sports Center of like, oh, he he didn't get down and not score, and that's why the Falcons lost the game. No, the Falcons lost the game because they're cursed. Cincinnati could have scored <laughs> yeah. and should have scored. Yeah, I I I um I struggled to see why that was like the mathematic win probability move to not go up by nine or ten because you would have at because if, you're, worst, if you, you if you you're up by down, nine if you, you have you to take score. more snaps right. and on fourth down when they, uh-huh. they muffed the snap 
yeah. only up three points. If you get scoop scored, your season is over. You're not going right. to the so, playoff. Yeah, real quick, we've condensed the whole game into this last end sequence. It was a great game, but yeah, yeah. it was, what was it, 36-33 at the mm-hmm. very end, I think, with the score. Cincinnati's up. They're knocking on the door to score with a minute left, and I guess determined that maybe it was not in their best interest to score, but to just run out the clock, um, which almost went down in just disastrous flames for them, which would have been wild if that bad snap had not gone well. But yeah, I, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I, I have no explanation for why you wouldn't want to go up by two scores. That's my... Uh, that's I mean, my... basically, the entire thing stems from not wanting to ever put the ball back in the other team's hands. Because as... If if the ball if the ball is in your hands the entire time, zero percent chance of the other team winning unless you mess up. Which to be fair, which they, they did. did. Yeah, but that's um, like the, isn't isn't the point of football like messing up and not messing up? Isn't that like how every play goes? Well, like okay, so but like then it's like it's reflected inward. Like the, okay, we the theory is you have more control over the you're outcome. in control of your own destiny. Whereas if you if you even if you score, you give the possibility of if they have three perfectly executed plays, there's nothing you can do about it. And I'm not saying but, it's right or wrong or otherwise. Well, I'm it's saying it's wrong because that, that's fair. I got burned by it. Totally get it. Um, I'm saying this is the thought process of yeah. we have the ball in our hands. We don't want to change that quite yet. Can we get uh, Coach Signetti on the show and ask him how he would have handled that situation, please? Yeah, yeah. For sure. To, to be fair, I think they were trying to score on the last two. Uh, they did not get in on one of them. They, they, yeah, had they got straight up stuffed on a couple. They, yeah. they got stuffed on one, and then they had the fourth down play that they were also trying to score on. Oh, yeah, um, third that down, they, were they also got stuffed on the half-inch line. And yes, I mean, uh, it I was, was so close. In the we were, we were <laughs> yeah, Jordan, if you couldn't tell, Jordan and I were, were on the uh, we were on the Bearcats. We were on uh, the right side of the bet. Five. We just got screwed. Yeah. yeah, Cincinnati also was up 11 with like two minutes to play, and then UCF scored a chintzy touchdown. Class five five minutes to play. All right. All right. Well, they ran the burn offense to perfection. It would have been nice if they perfected it with a little little tug, a little tug for the boys. You know what I'm saying? So, I think they played it perfectly. I, mean, I thought it was wonderful. I bet you do, Jason. Yep. All right. All right. Come well, in. let's move on from that crap. Uh, <laughs> so, I think – um, Again, UCF, pretty good. Glad that they've lost a few times this year, so we don't have to hear how great they are. But they, I think they are good. And, yeah, they're a good team. Um, I, Cincinnati's defense was able to give them, give them hell a little bit at times in this game, which I think is like at this point, and maybe like I was saying earlier, the bigger picture of college football this year, if you have a defense that can affect the game in your direction on a few drives, that's kind of what you need these days. Unless you're Wisconsin and you're playing Northwestern, and it doesn't matter because – Every game is just you guys smashing into each other like two yeah. stegosauruses. But that said, <laughs> it's like I just, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm looking around the landscape of college football and outside of Cincinnati. I'm trying to think of a team who I'm like, damn, their defense is good. Like I would have said maybe Oklahoma State, but I mean, I mean Alabama's kind of, defense got, is still not bad. But that Alabama's defense is giving up points though. Do you think that's because like, the defense is bad, or do you think that's because Alabama's offense has never looked like this ever? Um, well, that's okay. That's what I'm. That's kind of what I'm saying. Is like you have a team like LSU last year that um, also I don't. I don't think you're being fair to the entire Tua Tagovailoa era at Alabama, saying that their offense has never been this good. Like, what are you talking about? 
They've never pushed the ball down the field this much as, as they have right now. Lane Kiffin was calling plays. They were going deep all the time. What are you talking about? Uh, I, I don't think it looked like this. Okay. Well, it's because their quarterback was Jalen Hurts. Well, that, that's what I'm saying is they finally have the offense to go with the talent. Um. Yeah, I, I guess I, I disagree a little bit. I mean, their their offense has been trending this direction for like five years now. That but is, that, 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 said, is very true. that that said, I, I do it, – it's not all that their offense is putting their defense in bad in bad positions because you have a team like Georgia that's had a really good defense the past couple of years. But even Georgia now, it's like they're seeing that you can't just be like the defensive stalwart team. I, I guess what I'm saying is the that style of play can't really successfully um, continuously give you – the results that you need like you have to be plus you have to be plus on offense and if your defense can get you some turnovers and force a couple punts that's a good defense these days versus or that's more of a good defense these days than um yeah the traditional like we're gonna hold them to seven points and force yeah. 11 three and outs like that's right. just not because happening. you're you're facing 13 14 15 drives a game and it's exhausting yeah, yeah you can't run the it. pack line in college football can't be done. Yeah, but I don't. I also don't think that Alabama's only giving up points in the fourth quarter. Like I, I think Alabama's giving up points this year. No, it's just it's a normal pace of play thing. Okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah, all right. Alabama has the best defense in the SEC. Also, I, yeah. I'm not taking away from how talented they are and how how like good they are at what they do, but they make mistakes, and it seems like they're a little more prone to giving up some bigger plays this year than um, I've seen in the past, but. Go ahead, Jordan. Sorry. Got a little sidetracked there. No, you're good. Uh, Logan, you mentioned Oklahoma State. They were featured in our fourth game of the evening. Uh, Bedlam happened. Oklahoma happened all over Oklahoma State once Pretty again. Pretty much as we predicted. Uh, yeah, consensus nailed it, as always. Uh, please ignore <laughs> the Wisconsin game. And, yeah, I didn't watch any of it, um, but I guess, I mean, it was – it was tight for like halftime. I think Oklahoma got up big early. Oklahoma State kind of jumped back in it, and yeah. then Oklahoma ran away with it in the second half. Is where yeah, Oklahoma was up. I think Oklahoma was up. I was watching a good chunk of it. They were up like twenty-one nothing, like eight minutes in, and it looked like it was going to get out of hand. And yeah, Oklahoma State got a touchdown and kicked a field goal, and kind of was in that like down by ten, down by fourteen, down by seventeen, like. On and off for a while. Down by ten, uh, most dangerous score in football. Oklahoma State. <laughs> Oklahoma State quarterback got hurt at one point in this game, and they put a backup in who proceeded to go. I'm not even kidding, guys. Like one for fifteen uh, for like a stretch. It was really bad, really bad stretch, really bad stretch to throw in the ball there for the for the pokes, and uh, they were unable to kind of overcome that because Oklahoma, frankly didn't do a whole lot in that middle third of the game either. Uh, but then towards the end there, that's running back that Oklahoma has. Have you seen this guy? He Probably. is like yeah. 6'2". I, I think they said he's six foot two forty five. He's Stevenson, huge. right? He's a freaking yes. load. That's he is like a load. Liberty's kicker proportion. <laughs> right, but, like, but, but I'm talking like, I mean, he looks like, uh, who is that running back from, he went to, Oregon State. Oh, uh, Ron Dane. No, 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 no. He pl- he went to Oregon State and he played for the Rams. He was he was like a fantasy stud back Steven like Jackson? maybe Stephen Jackson. Yes, yes. He looks. Yeah. He's got Stephen Jackson vibes. Like just he's mean. Thick with, with yeah. several T's. Is he Maurice Jones Drew Thick or not? That no, Maurice Jones Drew is like five six two forty. Okay. This is six foot <laughs> two forty. So okay. stretched out a little more proportionally, not quite as so as robust. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but 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 like a, a a better body than the Liberty. Kick. 
Okay. Well, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Not to say that there's any bad bodies out there. Not to all body bodies, shame. All bodies. One, all bodies are this beautiful. one is, is more intimidating than the other. <laughs> but not the body shame, but I would not be ashamed to have that body. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that that all said, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma, they're just, they're just much better. I mean, I don't know. Oklahoma State's just like, I don't really, I don't really feel the buzz around Oklahoma State these days. I think uh, that off. they – yeah. They sort of accidentally have a good defense. I don't really think that's like because they plan on being like, they oh, we're going to be a team with great defense. This is our identity. It's just like, oh, we have some good corners now and and, and a, like a, a plus defensive yeah. line. So they didn't so time it correctly. Like it, they're good. Their best defensive year in a decade is not aligned with right. one of their better offenses, which right. bummer, bummer for Mike Gundy. You, you hate to see that happen. Yeah, you really do. Outstanding, for sure. So, anyhow, that that all said, uh, give it to the Sooners. The Sooners Sooner. did it ride, once again. Ride the, ride the schooner. All right, final game of the night, the real turn of the punch bowl, as Logan predicted. <laughs> Michigan at Rutgers. Boy, did this one get slippery. Um, <laughs> I, I think I there's. I think, I'm pretty sure they're still playing. I can't prove but, that they're done. This game took forever. Why did this game take so long? Yeah. I mean, outside of, of, of overtime, I'm allowing for overtime. Three but, overtimes. I mean, really quick, I'm going to find a. You guys talk. I'm going to find a duration on this. Hold on. Okay, um, Jordan, did you? I mean, you were you were up late uh, sleeping on the couch. You saw this guy. Yeah, well, you saw just, this guy go just down. Talking about this game, I'm starting to fall asleep again. <laughs> um, a little, little groggy. I like. I mean, Michigan should have lost this game several times oh. over that I can oh, yeah. remember. I, mean, um, I feel bad for Rutgers. I, I really do. I, I mean, what I what I vaguely remember in between drifting off several times on the couch was uh, Michigan coming out of halftime, returning the open kickoff for a touchdown. That put some lead in their pencil. They figured out enough to get a well, they put Well, they put a new quarterback in. Yeah, Joe Milton have have a taste of this bench. Uh Kate is it Cade Cade McNamara? Is that that's I correct. That's name. Okay. Yes. All right. So I still got some memory cells functioning. Um <laughs> the yeah, I mean I guess he played okay wearing Tom Brady's number twelve. Um it it was not an inspiring performance, but he like he did enough to get Michigan the lead. They ran the ball a lot on their go ahead drive. Uh, they went up eight, and then Rud- <laughs> Rutgers just marched it down on, <laughs> on sixteen their plays, seventy five yards scored, oh, yeah. and uh, there were a lot of timeouts leading up to the two point conversion. And <laughs> yes, Rutgers were in a QB draw. To, to tie the game. And right. it, it absolutely looked like it was getting stuffed three different times, and he just kept yes. the legs churning. To his credit, that guy uh, playing... The QB draw on the on the, on the the conversion play, in my mind, is one of the like least... like it, 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 I feel like teams go to it often, and I would say it rarely works. I mean, in the same... I was like, oh, no, they're going to lose on this damn QB. Like, teams go to it so often that it's never yeah. a surprise. Right, we've called a timeout three times so that we could draw up the QB draw. Like that's that's what we got here. We don't have the play where everyone we flood right throwback or just throw it to the open guy that's always open. Well, yeah. Wow. So funny you should QB waggle every so time. First, yes. first overtime we 
are met with two missed field goals, I believe. Yes, we are. And then second overtime opens with Rutgers running an absolute gem of a throwback throwback. across the field. Beautiful play. Which would have been, yeah, great in any scenario, but even better here. And I think at that point is when I fell asleep, like Uh for longer than just a second. (laughs) And I had no idea how the game finished until I woke up at 7.30 in the morning. It was really sad because Michigan missed Jason, I was telling Logan, I like, I vaguely remember waking up and the TV being on and I like with my dying breath. Oh God. Turning the TV off and just collapsing. (laughs) I'm sure the programming (laughs) at 2 a.m. The 2 a.m. programming on the Big Ten Network. Big Ten Network. was lit. I'm sure. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure it was probably just the same commercials they run during the ACC Network games. So I I was uh, comfortable with it. Those commando sunglasses that you can wear like at all times. Tech vision. (laughs) Okay. I I just want to say kicker. Kicker for Michigan. It was the absolute announcer kiss of death they they're quinn nordine kicker for michigan uh famous for having sleepover with coach jim harbaugh a few years back i don't know if you recall this during recruiting um coach coach h H slept over at the crib um ate some of mama nordine's pancakes etc etc ostensibly one might say (laughs) anyhow that said they (laughs) they come out and and they show the graphic Nordine is 0 for 2 today. He's missed from 44. He's missed from 47. And like he's lining up this field goal and he looks like a deer in the headlights. Like he there is terrified. no no chance he's making this kick. And he, he missed it. I mean, and uh he did the whole the kicker. Oh, oh so mad at himself thing that all the kickers do. Mm-hmm. Um and then the, <laughs> the the poor Rutgers kicker. Rutgers runs one of the worst and least helpful series of plays for their kicker in which <laughs> they, lined him they, up on the right hash from like yes. 38 yards well no 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 i think they actually centered it but they lost they managed to lose yardage like oh. twice the in attempting play, to center i think the ran the backwards a little yeah <laughs> it was like a quarterback draw and he like took half a step forward and just like kneeled it so so we get the full montage of this kid in his rutgers soccer uniform as like <laughs> Big East soccer player, of uh, you know, whatever, all-conference all selection, and he's out here looking what? like a soccer player in pads, yanks the kick. You feel terrible for the guy. He was dead straight on, and if they would have left it on the right hash where they had, like, run their at- atrocity of plays before they centered it backwards for him to give him a 50-yard field goal to try to make in overtime, nice makeable kick. So, anyhow, that'll... <laughs> That all said, I was like, well, Rutgers doesn't deserve this. And then they run the throwback play the very next play yeah. that just, like, gets a big tight end rumbling down the sideline. Um, <laughs> Went into the end zone untouched. Yeah, yeah it was amazing. Uh, yeah, so Michigan was able to score, and then we Michigan scored again. We had, the, uh, we had a failed two-point conversion, and then Rutgers did similar to their first time, like backwards, backwards, sack. Awful play. Can't get a throw off. Throws interception on the last play on like a duck into the end zone. It was it was tough. It was a tough way to Rutgers played better than their their uneven performance yeah. in overtime would have suggested on the on the course of this game. But like I, I like yeah. It was good to experience that in like the delirium of like falling in and out of sleep too. Just be like, what is going on? This it was football the, game. Look, I've never done hard drugs, but if it's anything like that, I don't want to <laughs> sign up for it. I just felt bad for Quinn Nordine out there, just 
just getting the full brunt of the the broadcaster curse. Oh so, my gosh! Uh, all right, well, good time. That's a good chuckle there. Um, I was trying to think if there's any other games worth mentioning. Oregon. Um, I don't know what to think about Oregon. I don't know that they're that good. I don't either, but they're fun to watch. Like well, I think they might. True. I think they might. Pl- well, yes, I think they might play. Well, I would. I would say that the most. That's usually true when teams are bad and they're kind of fun to watch. But, um, yeah, they're, I don't think they're bad. I just uh, they kind of let like uh, they kind of let teams like like they should be beating the tar out of UCLA without their starting quarterback. Sure. And UCLA was kind of you know just giving it to them a little bit there for a while. So, um, I don't think there's any other games. Oh, Tennessee, Tennessee Auburn happened. Under the cover of darkness, I don't know if you guys saw this one. Not great. Not a great look for Tennessee. Some problems. Uh, I know this is going to surprise you both. Jarrett Garantano got benched in the second half of this game. So, in a proud tradition for Tennessee, he got benched. It's the the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving program on ABC (laughs) and Jared Guantaro Mo getting benched. Yes. Yeah, finally can pronounce his name just in time for him to not be a part of their team moving forward, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, yeah, um, I think Florida's got Kentucky and Tennessee in the next two weeks, so hopefully uh, some get-right games for the Kentucky and Tennessee offense um, with uh, with Florida's defense coming to town. But, uh, yeah, Tennessee, they've I think they've lost five straight by more than ten for the first time ever. Um, man, remember Make when they were 4-0? They're doing history. the opposite. They're doing the opposite of what they usually do. They were, like, 4-0, and and everyone was like, they're playing Georgia this weekend, brother. Could this be? Could this be? And then they proceeded to. It, it, it was not. It was not to be. So that said, uh, college football, good times. I'm done. I've talked enough. Gentlemen, any other thoughts? I think I'm all tapped out. Jason, you keep your uh, – just be like a dog with a bone on uh, on that Virginia Tech coaching situation, please. We'll look for a report for you next week. We'll give you, you the uh, password to the Twitter Home. account so you can tweet some breaking news. <laughs> yeah, hard pass. Not going to do that. All right. We'll text it to us and I'll tweet it then. We'll talk about it offline. Yeah, we'll talk about it offline. Thank you. Yeah, I'm uh, sure whatever happens, I'll be the first to know. So We'll edit it out in post. Don't worry, Jason. Just say it right here. Say it right now. Uh, all right. Thanks for joining us. It's The Wheel Route. <laughs> We're on Twitter at The Wheel Route. Wheel Route Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, send us um, Virginia Tech coaching tips there too. That's fine. We'll take them. We'll report them. Uh, thewheelroute.com is the website check the pics thanks for listening go Gators go Hoos go Dukes go Dukes